Hello and welcome to episode one, the first ever episode of the Beyond the Scales podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this, wherever it is that you're listening in the world. And um, I wanted to use the first episode to give you an insight into who I am and my life to date and what you can expect from this podcast moving forward. So I'm from the UK. I'm from a smallish village on the North Wales coast called Old Cowan. And my kind of story started, if you like, when I was diagnosed with asthma in primary school and I was prescribed a steroid inhaler. And now I didn't realise at the time, but looking back, one of the side effects uh, of the inhaler and the medication was an increase in appetite. And it happened to be the case. My appetite did go through the roof and I gained a lot of weight. Uh, I was overweight and then obviously I went into high school overweight then as well. And as a result of that, you know what kids are like in schools, I got the mick taken out of me uh, on and off for the first kind of year or so for being overweight and for my size. Uh, I was then introduced to rugby in PE in high school, which is really good. Loved it. Uh, I started to play for my school, started to play for my local club and then kind of eventually um, got selected for the county uh, in terms of representing them and, and, and that squad, which was, which, really, which was really good fun. And although I didn't actively, you know, try and lose weight, I was more active. And I think between the rugby, the puberty hitting and just kind of growing out of, you know, um, that that phase, if you like, I lost a lot of the weight that I'd gained. And yeah, things things kind of changed as I started to become more active and as I started to play more sport. At 14, 15, I remember signing up to my local leisure centre gym so that I could train under my dad's watch. Um, back in the day, you had to be a certain age um, to go. And then when you hit that age, you were only able to go with a, a parent or a guardian. So I used to go with my dad. We used to go like on the row machine. We used to jump on the exercise bikes, play around with the pack deck and the multi-gym that they had in there. Not really having a clue what we were doing. Um, yeah, I was just having fun with it. Uh, but that's my kind of first experience of stepping foot uh setting foot in a gym and um yeah it was good fun but after a little while my intention changed from just having fun with it to kind of actively trying to look better you know get fitter get bigger get stronger um from an aesthetic sort of standpoint but also from a performance and a rugby sort of standpoint as well because it helped me in that in that respect um that being said just because my intention changed didn't necessarily mean that I knew anything about what I was kind of doing. Um, I just used to follow kind of training programs online. I used to take advice from, you know, people on bodybuilding.com. They used to do like different training series and stuff on there. Good times. And I used to follow that. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I did enjoy it. Had some success with it. But again, look back now <laughs> and I laugh because, you know, I was naive. I was just kind of reading, taking stuff for gospel and just going with it and running with it. And yeah, you know, don't get it wrong, it worked. I did see some changes, um, but I do, obviously, with hindsight, I do a lot of things differently to what I did do uh, back in the day. Anyway, I went through high school, went to sixth form, finished sixth form, and I went to uni in Cardiff. I went to study uh, in UIC, which is now called Cardiff Met, uh, and I went to study sport development and just pursue rugby a little bit more. Uh, and take it a little bit more seriously because if I'm being honest I didn't really know what else to do uh, and like coming through the school system if you like 
you know, go through the school, uh, sorry, go through school, then go to six women's school. Um, yeah, like the natural kind of thing that is kind of pushed on you, if you like, or the progression that is uh, the norm is to go to uni. So I opted to go to uni. I went with the flow. Thought I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Why not go to uni? So I went to uni and went down that route. Now, ironically, I went to a sports uni. And like I said, one of the reasons why I went to a sports uni was to take my rugby a little bit more seriously and sort of see where see where it t- took me, if you like, to see where it takes takes me at the time. Um, and I didn't actually play rugby once over the three years I was there. In order for you to get into, I don't know if this has changed, but the criteria to get into UIC or Cardiff Met was to, you had to kind of represent uh, or play sport at a certain level in order for you to get in. And because I represented my county, that was kind of deemed like a minimum uh, and enough for me to get in, along with the grades and stuff, obviously. Um, so, yeah, the level in which people were kind of uh, playing at when we got there was was good. It was very, you know, it was a strong, it was a high level. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people play, uh, go on beyond UIC and beyond, well, not UIC anymore, Cardiff Met, to play a good standard of rugby, like earning professional contracts and whatnot. So it's kind of like, yeah, a really good environment to, to be in. <laughs> Uh, but it's very competitive and it's just kind of yeah it's full on <laughs> and like I say I didn't play rugby once over the three years that I was there I opted for the typical student life and in my first year I yeah I gained weight and I gained it fast um I think just off the top of my head uh I probably trained in the gym in uni I would say a maximum five to ten times over the full three years um didn't train didn't play any rugby you know didn't play any games yeah poor effort very very poor effort but what what I realized when I got there is that like the schedule in which they kind of operated from from was a very sort of um regimented regime where they'd have like strength and conditioning in the morning they'd have skill session after and then they'd play and get it was basically run like a a professional outfit um and yeah when push came to shove I just couldn't be bothered with the commitment and being honest like I'm not (laughs) I'm not tall enough to really take things to the level um (laughs) to any other higher level if when I think about it now like I'm I'm too much of a I'm I'm too much of a short ass I'm only five seven so that would have um definitely played a role and a factor and hindered my ability to kind of push on and I didn't have the headspace and the mindset for it um, yeah, I enjoyed playing rugby. I was decent, but like I knew I was never going to be a professional rugby player. So it kind of seemed like a waste of time. Um, although I loved, you know, playing it, watching it, all the rest of it. Anyhow, my life in uni, <laughs> I'll talk to you about that very quickly. Uh, so I was out most nights drinking, uh, drinking myself stupid. You name it, I drank it. Every sort of student night you could think of. Um, Oh God, probably out a minimum of three to four times per week, genuinely. And then what obviously you do on the way home, you grab a takeaway <laughs> and I was eating junk the next day to nurse my hangover. Um, and I, yeah, I just felt like shit all the time, if I'm being honest. Um, and things deteriorated and things went south quite quick. Uh, yeah, it was a case of going to a few lectures in between all that, trying to get a little bit of sleep in between all that and then rinsing and repeating, doing it all again. Looking back now, I don't know how I did it, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. And uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't go back to living like that. But it was what it was, if you know what I mean. Um, after I'd finished my first year, 
Then I did a little bit of backpacking in Australia, which is pretty cool. I went to Sydney, I flew into Sydney, then from Sydney, I flew up to Cairns, and then I worked my way down the East Coast, so from Cairns to Sydney, um, over a kind of six, seven week period. Um, it was great, brilliant, absolutely loved it, met loads of wicked people, saw the sights, did loads of, you know, white knuckle stuff. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Skydiving, hang gliding, bungee jumping, whitewater rafting, um, snorkeling, going on like day trips, visiting the Blue Mountains, Cape Tribulation, with Sundays, you name it, I kind of did it on that side of the country and it was absolutely fantastic, such a good experience and um, yeah, it was great fun, met loads of fantastic people but the backpacker lifestyle <laughs> was very similar to the student lifestyle in the sense of like, you know, you're doing lots of, you're having lots of fun in the day, but there's lots of socialising in the evening. There's lots of uh, goon, <laughs> as the Aussies call it, uh, which is essentially cheap box wine. So you get drunk off cheap box wine pretty much most nights because um, <laughs> it's budget. Um, and yeah, it's um, <laughs> basically I carried on my first year um, after it finished for another six to seven weeks traveling Australia and seeing the sights at the same time. <laughs> but it's when I was away in Australia that it kind of really hit me just how much weight I'd gained in that first year of uni. Um, like, I, you know, I look back now and I see photos from when I first started uni to like, you know, like month, just months difference. It's crazy, like how much weight I'd gained. It's, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, and just going away, it gave me a little bit of time to reflect. And obviously, even though I was having fun and on my travels and whatnot, I'd not really thought about it too much previously because first year of uni was just a whirlwind. It goes really quick. It's a new environment. You meet new people. Um, but yeah, like looking back, I really felt self-conscious about how I looked. Um, yeah, I I was conscious of how clothes were fitting. I was, you know, I was embarrassed to take my top off on the beach when I was, was in Australia. Um, I used to suffer from really dry, sore you know, stretch marks, they used to itch and then they used to, used to bleed, not particularly pleasant. Um, you know, my legs used to chafe. Um, yeah, I just, I just wasn't in a good way and it wasn't very pleasant. And it's not until I got to Australia and took some time away that I actually realised like, hang on, hang on a minute, this isn't, you know, this isn't good and this is gone peak tong, um, maybe more than I actually thought or cared to acknowledge before. And, you know, looking back, I never used to say no to a night out. And, and what happened was the bigger I got, the more I used to drink because obviously my tolerance increased. And then because I used to feel self-conscious, I used to drink more to give me more confidence. And it's kind of a catch-22, can't speak, um, in that respect. And, yeah, it was it was just a, a bit of a cycle, a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a sort of, downward spiral if you like and uh yeah it, it, it was mad looking back and, and it's mad looking back thinking how much i used to drink how frequently i used to drink it how i used to you know cope <laughs> with the next day and then somehow managed to do it again multiple times following on from that that week it's it just blows my mind and yeah um yeah never again let's just say anyway whilst i was in uh, my second year at uni I actually decided to invest in a level two gym instructor course or qualification, if you like, 
um, and I decided to do that back up here in North Wales. So if you're not listening from the UK, sorry, if you're not from the UK and you're listening, Cardiff and where I live, there's about four hours between the two. So every other weekend, I basically came back up north uh, to do the course, uh, the gym instructor course, um, and then obviously I'd go back down um, to study, and it would be like that over a period of months. I can't remember, I think it's about six months. It was over like a period of six months. Um, yeah, and the reason why I did that is obviously because I had an interest in the gym, and I was actually looking for a job and thinking about getting a job, you know, for like the, the holidays and the out of term time basically in uni. Um, and, you know, working in the gym environment was, was more appealing than, for example, working in retail or, you know, working in a coffee shop. I thought, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds interesting. Obviously, I enjoyed training, <laughs> enjoyed training more prior to going to UniMind. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I'm going to give that a spin because it, it's different um, and it's something that I've got an interest in. So when I qualified, uh, I worked as a gym instructor for free for a bit. I was shadowing at my local leisure centre and eventually what happened was I got offered some hours. So, you know, I obviously spent a lot of time there. I knew how things worked, got familiar with, with everything. And then, you know, I think, long story short, I think some people took time off, you know, took, went on their holidays, took leave, etc. And I was offered some of the hours to, to kind of make up for, for them going away, which was brilliant absolutely brilliant and I loved it so I worked then when I was home from uni and you know like for example over summer over um when would it be like winter east all that easter etc uh, you know I, I just had a bit of a focus when I came home and I started to pursue things and, and just take things more seriously and as I did that, my interest in nutrition, training, exercise, etc., it all developed to you know a different level to what it was where it was at before, and I really enjoyed being able to implement the things that I picked up and learnt, not only through the course that I did in terms of the qualification, but also through my own you know personal development that I'd done as a result of having an interest in all of these things, uh, and it was great to get practicing these things in a real life setting with people and be able to kind of implement the theory if, if that makes sense anyway long story short I graduated uni in 2013 with a 2-1 um, and I was just buzzing super excited to take myself out of the student life environment and kind of get back to get back to sort of prioritizing a normal life or living a normal life should I say I'm working on myself and just you know yeah getting some structure structure back and getting fitter healthier um, and, and, and just in a better space with things because by the time I finished uni, you know, I was, I was very overweight. Um, <laughs> my liver probably wasn't in very, in very good neck. And I, it was kind of like, yeah, I'd had my fun enough's enough and it, and it worked out well in that respect. I still didn't really know, you know, for sure what it is that I wanted to do long-term career wise. Um, but going back to kind of do a PGCE and, and getting into teaching somewhere was it was kind of like looking most likely at that point of finishing and at that point of graduating. So what happened is, um, what happened was, should I say, I came I came back home, picked up more hours in the gym and I was getting more and more frequent hours in there. Um, and I'd started obviously taking care of myself and started working on losing the weight that I'd gained in uni. You know, I'd had enough at that point. I felt self-conscious, wasn't feeling particularly confident. 
Um, yeah, like like I mentioned before, stre- I, I, you know, I, I developed stretch marks. My, I just wasn't healthy. Um, you know, I was unfit. I wasn't very active. Niggles, aches, pains. And I, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm 21. It's it's nuts when I look back. Um, and yeah, I, I just wasn't in a great a great uh, a great space. Didn't have much energy. Mood was all over the place. Just just yeah, in 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 you know great need of of making to make some changes like i needed to to tweak some things that i was doing um to to change my life style uh and the way that i was living and really start like prioritizing you know me again and um yeah not 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 going out multiple times a week <coughs> and and just kind of getting some structure and taking care of my health really really important um the main kind of reasons when I look back now, uh, you know, behind wanting to make a change for me personally was because I wanted to feel confident and I wanted to feel attractive. I knew like back then that I wanted to find uh, another half, uh, you know, get married, start a family. Um, I knew like, you know, I've known this since forever and it kind of dawned on me that, you know, being truthful, I wasn't much of a catch in the position that I was in um so I wanted to uh yeah I wanted to address that and I wanted to do something about it and the fear I had of of looking back with my kids and and with my grandkids on all photos you know trying to explain why dad or or granddad looked how he looked in his quote-unquote prime it absolutely mortified me you know I was embarrassed about how I looked um so yeah that those there those 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 reasons sorry they they're the reasons why I, you know, really wanted to make a change because I was, yeah, I was embarrassed. I'd had enough and I wanted to get back to, you know, living um, and feeling good, to be honest. So what happened was I lost a lot of the weight that I'd, I'd gained in uni by getting myself out of the environment, obviously, that I was in and by implementing everything that I'd learned. Um, in that time as well, I invested thousands of pounds um, you know, learning from industry leaders and experts in, you know, training, but also in nutrition as well. Um, yeah, it, it, I really enjoyed it. So I didn't think twice about, you know, booking myself onto seminar, seminars all over the country with various experts. It was, it was, yeah, you know, I still do obviously to this day as well, but it's something that I, I kind of got on it, got into early on in my quote unquote career. Um, and yeah, the more weight I lost, and the stronger I got, the more confident I felt. And, you know, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I was getting compliments. People were, you know, bloody hell, you're doing well. You know, you're looking great, etc. It was lovely. It was really, really good. And then whilst I was working at the Ledge Centre, they offered me the opportunity to complete my level three personal training qualification. Now, obviously, looking back with hindsight, and I knew it at the time, if I'm being honest, it's, it's a tick box exercise because the level of qualification isn't all that. Uh, if you know what I'm saying, you know, the, the level to entry isn't, isn't all that high. The barrier to entry, should I say, isn't all that high. Um, and that being said, you know, I, I did bite the hand off because it was an opportunity to, to, to do the qualification for free and, um, yeah, sort of tick that box if you like. So I did it and yeah, that was it then. I, I was a, I was a personal trainer. I was officially a personal trainer. So I'd gone from a gym instructor to a personal trainer. Um, and yeah, although I was really enjoying what I was doing, I wanted more, so to speak. And, you know, if I'm being honest, 
I didn't really know how to make a career out of doing what I was doing. Um, like, you know, look, looking back now, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I cared way too much about what people thought about me working in the gym and, and, and being a personal trainer. My perception of other people's perceptions <laughs> of personal trainers and of gym instructors, etc., at that point wasn't wasn't really complimentary. <laughs> Self-obsessed, posing, rep counting, chicken and broccoli eating, burpee-loving drill sergeants wasn't really a bracket that I wanted to put myself in. And the more time I spent working in the gym, you know, helping people and, and, and you know, being hands-on, if you like, the more frustrated, you know, I got because I wasn't able to provide them with everything they needed to achieve their goals. And it's kind of, you know, that that's when I had the realisation that a gym membership, a training plan, however you want to term it, or a training plan, or and a training plan, is important. But really, it's just the tip of the iceberg of making a long-term change and achieving, you know, life-changing results. Like, that is just a fraction of what's involved. Um, and yeah, I'd see... You know, the same people coming into the gym week in, week out, working really hard, doing the same things. And they wouldn't really be changing and they wouldn't be really, sorry, they wouldn't really be seeing um, the results that they wanted. Um, and don't get me wrong, not everyone has the same, you know, has the same goal in respect of, of you know, losing body fat, losing weight. Um, however, some of these people that I know they did have those goals and they weren't able to achieve what it is that they wanted to achieve because they were kind of just stuck in the rut and st stuck in the, you know, the, 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 um, going through the motions is what I'm trying to say of doing the same thing day in, day out, just trying and hoping for the best because they didn't really realize that what they do outside of the gym is more influential than what they do in the gym. And, um, yeah, that's when it dawned on me that what people got up to obviously outside, of the gym and the training sessions was more important than than uh, <laughs> than than anything really. And in the role that I was in as a gym instructor, personal trainer in in the gym and in the leisure centre environment, I was obviously limited to what and how I could help them achieve their goals. So between figuring this out, between caring too much about how other people perceive personal trainers, <laughs> and not really having a clue how to you know start my own coaching business. Um, so that I could obviously do things my way, I'd half made the decision to go back to uni to study PGC so I could get into teaching at that point. I was kind of convincing myself to do it. Um, however, I wanted to have a little bit more fun before I got back into education and, well, I say education, formal education, if you like. Um, and yeah, I made the decision to, to have one last hurrah and decided to work a ski season. So I actually landed a job in Val d'Isere in France as a, as a kitchen porter in the lodge. <laughs> it's not there anymore, unfortunately, uh, but it's a big hotel. And there were two other KPs that worked with me. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be, you know, a, a position for a five to six month period. Um, interestingly, before I actually left to go to France, I had a catch up with my mate, my friend, my mate, however you want to term it. Um, who also worked in the gym, in the leisure centre with me, and he mentioned uh, that he was going to be moving out of the leisure centre, I say leaving the leisure centre, I should say, and starting his own gym to open his own, you know, facility, which was, you know, 
brilliant. And I was really, really excited about that for him. Uh, he just dropped this on me when we were having a coffee um, before before I left. And uh, yeah, he actually offered me an opportunity to to work for myself out of his gym when I was back from the ski season, which, you know, really gave me something something to think about. And um, yeah, opened my mind and, and my... Uh, my thoughts up to that idea <laughs> I never really kind of you know expected anything like that when we went for a chat it was literally a bit of a catch-up before I went to went to France and then he dropped that on me so long story short I worked my backside off in a hotel in Val d'Isere for eight weeks as a kitchen and night porter so it was two weeks on days one week and nights before having an epiphany at the back sink so I was at the back sink I was washing pots after an evening service, and I was just like, mm -mm, this is not for me. <laughs> this is not for me. I remember this clearly. I was just thinking, you know, sod this. I've had enough of this. Because don't get me wrong, the experience and the people and everything was absolutely mega. Like, I loved it. But I didn't love the the role, let's just say, in the job. And I knew it was going to be hard work. Of course I did. But um, because I was working in a hotel it felt like we got the short end of the straw, like everyone else was kind of, well, not everyone else, some other people, sorry, other people in Val were working in chalets, they were like hosting between them, they had a lot more ski time, they were able to, you know, have a bit more flexibility with what it is that they were doing, whereas it felt, because we were working in a hotel, there was more people to look after, obviously, there's more staff in a hotel, it was just a bit busier and it wasn't as fun or as, and, and there wasn't as much time, should I say, to ski as I thought there would be. And it kind of dawned on me that like, you know what, there's not really, uh, <laughs> there's not really much point in me hanging around here because I realized, you know, what I wanted to do and it, it wasn't stay in France, reverting back to my old habits and, you know, apres skiing hard and drinking and not really sleeping very well and it just be all kind of work, sleep, drink, repeat kind of thing um, and not taking care of myself. And it wasn't actually going down the teaching route either it was coaching and helping people my way. So when I got back, <laughs> I left the job in France. I got a coach back home, well, I think like two days after deciding to leave, jumped on the coach and um, yeah, I, I took I took my friend up on his offer to work out of his gym and I began working for myself. And I built things up gradually. And because obviously I was able to provide my clients with the education, the guidance, the support, you know, the accountability alongside the in-person training, that meant that I got incredible results with my clients. I was giving them everything that they needed to get them to where they want to be. Whereas before, when I was working in the gym environment, the only thing that I really had any influence over was helping them use machines and their training program, which like I mentioned before, that's just really the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, things progressed and alongside my one-to-one -one personal training, I invested into my own equipment and I started my own small uh, group personal training um, sessions. <laughs> and that basically involved a shipping container, a load of equipment and a car park. <laughs> and what I did um, was, yeah, I rented the shipping container, I rented the car park at the local football club and yeah, it, it, it was great. It was really, really good. It worked brilliantly. Um, and, and yeah, I started to kind of work and, and gain experience of working with people from a variety of different backgrounds. And obviously at this point now, 
I was in good shape. You know, I felt confident. I was enjoying my life. I was working for myself. I was helping in, people in a way that, you know, I'd not been able to do before. It was like the shackles are off. Like I can really, you know, have, have a much greater impact on people the way that I'm, you know, I can now do things. And I was loving my life. I was absolutely loving my life. Then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but basically being in the fitness industry, in the fitness space, I got drawn into the um, the idea, if you like, in my pursuit of self-improvement and just sort of bettering myself uh, of a of getting in photo shoot shape, let's call it. So basically dieting for 16 weeks, dedicating 16 weeks of my life to getting in the best shape that I'd ever been in. So obviously I was naive at the time. <laughs> and my kind of thinking was... I look back and laugh now, but I thought basically it was a really good idea because I thought being really lean would make me more of an attractive proposition to potential clients. And for some reason, my perception was that, you know, people would perceive me to be a better coach and more of an authority in, you know, in the fitness space, in the industry, in the personal training world, if I was quote unquote shredded, which of course wasn't the case. So what happened was I ended up dieting really aggressively over the 16 weeks and losing a ton of weight. I'm not too sure how much I lost going through the process just off the top of my head. Uh, I, I want to say 12 kilos off the top of my head. Um, I, I think that's fairly accurate. And, and, and what happened was over those 16 weeks, yeah, it, it put a super a super strain like it, 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 on my relationship with my now wife Erin. It was, um, yeah, it was it was really stressful. I was literally self-obsessed with how I looked. Um, I was living in the gym, and all I really cared about was when I was next able to eat. <laughs> so I'd gone from feeling great about myself, feeling like, you know, confident, strong, enjoying training, enjoying, you know, my food, my nutrition, and everything that I was doing was complementing every other area of my life to then doing this and dedicating 16 weeks of my of my life to this shoot, photo shoot, and this diet, if you like, to get shredded. Um, and it had the opposite effect. And it's like kind of flipping that my whole life upside down in terms of of where things are at. So it's going from what I've just described there to, to misery, <laughs> literal misery. Like I didn't have a life. I was just self-obsessed. Every day I'd wake up, I'd think, right, I need to get moving. I need to you know, get into the gym, I need to do this, I need to do that, I was training six days a week, um, you know, I was walking loads, I was just, I was living like a full-time athlete, and the only thing, you know, well, it was fully consuming, let's just say, it was fully consuming, I was miserable, I had no energy, because obviously my calories were significantly uh, less than they'd been previously, I was kind of dropping them week on week, um, you know, tired all the time, no fun to be around, um, yeah, I'd taken things to the extreme, the absolute extreme. Um, and, you know, I'd gone from one end of the spectrum, being at my heaviest, to being super shredded. Um, and, you know, being truthful, and I can look back now, I wasn't happy either end of, you know, being at my biggest or being at my leanest. Um, yeah, it was, it, I thought the leaner I got, the better I looked, the better my life would be. And it was absolute bollocks absolute bollocks it was actually the opposite it was it, the worse it got my quality of life just took a took a dive um my relationships took a dive um 
yeah, my head was all over the place. It just wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't something that I would uh, ever do again, and I wouldn't recommend anyone to do. Um, definitely not. So in total, from being at my biggest at uni to dieting down for the photo shoot that I did, I'd lost six stone. And yeah, because I had no real plan for after the photo shoot, I found myself making up for lost time, not really wanting to train and not really caring too much or paying too much attention to what I was eating. Um, it was almost like everything was centered around that date of the photo shoot and nothing mattered beyond that. It was very much date driven and then right I've completed it that's it what I wasn't even thinking what's next I was just happy to get there and glad to just 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 finish the whole process if you like and that be the end of it and that's how it shouldn't be obviously I know that now with you know with uh, with hindsight and just just reflecting on the whole sort of process that I went through I did what I did for the completely wrong reasons I did it for external validation and the ironic thing, <laughs> looking back now, I didn't even like the people I was seeking validation from. I can't stand the fitness industry for the most part. There are exceptions, but it's full of facades and yeah, just 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 fake, fake. I want to say fakeness. It's not the right word, but it, it's it's uh, yeah, it, it's just not what people think it is on the outside looking in. Um, and I can't stand it. Like, I, I, I can't stress that enough. I always say to my clients, like, this is the least fitnessy fitness thing you'll ever do. Because, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's just not what I'm about. It's not what I really stand for from a from, from a person in terms of my values, etc. But for some reason, I fell into this trap of, you know, seeking external validation from other trainers and coaches in the industry for, you know, social media likes. And wow, look at Jace, look what he looks like. All these things that I was, you know, after, like I said there, ironically, I was after these things from people that I didn't didn't even like. I cared, you know, more about how I was perceived and, and how I was, was viewed by other people in the, like I say, in the fitness industry than the people who actually mattered, like my close friends, you know, you know, uh, obviously my, my girlfriend at the time, my family, you know, my clients, they're the people and the, that mattered. But I went down this rabbit hole of, of really chasing chasing this and for what it's absolutely mad when I look on it now so you know doing what I did and the way that I did it really made me realize who I wanted to help moving forward and it wasn't people who wanted to take things to the extremes to, to, to get in shape it wasn't people who wanted to sort of put their life on hold and almost be forced to become what I became over those 16 weeks it was normal, everyday people like myself that I share similar values with. You know, people who want to lose weight and improve their confidence, you know, with their energy, their fitness, strength, etc. And really just kind of change their lifestyle in the process for the better without missing out and, and, you know, without subjecting themselves to a life of restriction and misery. It's not what, <laughs> it's not what life's about. That's what one thing that I kind of got from that whole experience. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And when I realised and had this aha moment a little while after I did the photo shoot and like sort of started to feel a little bit more normal again, was when I kind of started to to focus on growing my bootcamp business, Bootcamp Co. And I'm proud to say that with that, we actually built an incredible community that was helping people, you know, achieve genuine genuinely 
life-changing results and um it was it was it was ace it was really really good we kept things simple we educated them in the process of of doing what we were doing and we had a lot of fun with it as well and honestly the results that people were getting were unreal absolutely unreal uh, and unfortunately then obviously covid hit and then i was forced to transition to the sessions that i was doing um from the sessions that i was doing uh, in person to online and we we jumped and shifted things onto to zoom and although it was temporary and it did work you know quite well um with the uncertainty of you know being locked down one minute being uh, allowed out the next etc over time i really started to dislike hosting them um only because it was nothing like training people in person and um yeah like like i say going in and out of lockdowns and not knowing what was happening month to month I made the decision then to, to basically transition from in-person training to online coaching. And that's where things are at today. And yeah, you know, I was, <laughs> not gonna lie, initially I was hesitant to do that and to take that step because of my own experiences uh, working with a few different online coaches. Um, yeah, like, you know, getting sent a meal plan and a training pl plan to follow. Um, and then the odd email maybe on the weekend <laughs> with a little bit of feedback that isn't really my idea of, uh, of of coaching and I didn't want to do anything like that I wanted to take things to a completely different level um, and yeah funny story actually one of the coaches <laughs> one of the coaches that I worked with actually gave me a bollocking for eating extra 100 grams of blueberries would you believe it he actually told me I wasn't in the position to be eating them 100 grams of blueberries uh, but you live and learn and I think like I say my own experiences working with different trainers over the years online um, my own experience of, of, of you know dieting myself to where I got to and also learning from experts in different areas of nutrition training exercise all like all of the kind of an accumulation of those things really has brought me to don't want to get too cheesy but like but on the path I'm on today um, and yeah it's um yeah, it, it, I just look back on that blueberry incident and, you know, I can laugh, but the sad thing, like, is there's people that are still receiving advice like that from quote-unquote coaches um, in the quote-unquote fitness space. It, it, it is embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And, yeah, that was one of the kind of things that I was wary about transitioning into the, the online coaching route. I didn't want to go down the traditional online coaching route. I, I wanted to to make things better. And I wanted to design and create a coaching service that, you know, provided my, my clients with everything that they needed to achieve their goals, whilst educating them with the knowledge and the skills they needed to obviously maintain their results forever. That's a big part of what I do now and a really important part of what I do now. And obviously developing my service online and, 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 and actually creating that has meant that I've been able to provide a service to my clients like no other which has been absolutely incredible. Um, you know, the level of personalized guidance and support I'm able to provide my clients with is something that's just not possible with in-person training. And obviously the the personalized support and the guidance and the accountability and the support, um, the knock-on impact, you know, that then has on results and the results then that, you know, the knock-on impact those results then have on that, on people's lives, you know, it, it is incredible. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's brilliant. 
So yeah, if you're looking to obviously take care of your body, your confidence, your self-care so that you can maximize your life and live you know, life on your terms, you're going to love this podcast. Just to give you a little bit more of a insight in terms of where things are at the moment for me. So I'm a dad at the, I'm a dad at the moment. <laughs> I'm a dad now, um, recently became a dad. So what that's meant for me is my goals have shifted significantly to what they once were. Um, so I obviously want to look and feel my best and, and be at my best, but I'm not willing to sacrifice, you know, family time, living in the gym, and I, I don't want to be eating out of Tupperware, and I don't want to be missing out. I want to be able to have it all. Um, and my goal with everything I do now is to help coach and educate people in a way that meets them where they're at, so that they can have it all too. Um, and yeah, I, I want to simplify and make things as easy as possible for people to follow, um, so they avoid, you know, making the mistakes that, that I made essentially and, and end up in the same position that, you know, I was in. And this podcast is is gonna look at things um, you know, on a on a on a bit of a deeper level and a more impactful level than just kind of losing a little bit of weight here or dropping a few dress sizes there. Like I wanna share things that are of really, really Sorry, let me just rephrase that. I want to share things here on the podcast that are really, really valuable and share different insights into my own personal experiences where you can take things from, my my clients' experiences even, um, and also bring other speakers in uh, to, 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 you know, to, to go over certain things and to discuss things that, um, you know, that can be really beneficial to you as, as, as the listener. So if you enjoyed this episode, please do consider subscribing and head on over to my Facebook and Instagram pages and give them a follow. Uh, I'll link them in the show notes. If you've got any questions or you just want to connect, send me a message on my social medias or via Instagram, via Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to uh, I'd love to have a bit of a chat. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen wherever it is you're listening in the world. And um, yeah, I will catch you on the next one. <laughs>